This is Dan Hausman from Graticule here on the Novel Cohorts podcast. I'm here with Julie Cromenhawk from IBM Watson Health. I'm really excited about uh, talking to her today because we're announcing a partnership between Graticule and Watson Health, and we're here to talk about the kind of things we can do together in rare diseases. Um, so, Julie, welcome. And maybe you know, just to kick things off. Give us a quick overview of, of what you're doing at Watson Health and what you're excited about in rare disease. Sure, Dan. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Julie Kromenhauk, I'm with Watson Health. I lead global sales and background has a long history in real world data. So today, this is a really exciting partnership because we're talking about some areas where near and dear to my heart is working on not only the rare diseases and how we tie that into clinical trials, but most of my life was spent in researching in clinical trials and then turning around and going to market with those. So today we're gonna talk about how we can take all the mysteries out of some of the patient identification issues that are existing and how we're gonna link the data, extend the data, and most importantly, turn this into allowing researchers to be better decision makers. And really as a researcher at trade, that's really what I set foot doing years ago in rare diseases. And this way we are actually extending this well past just where we were before, which is trying to find data that's deep and meaningful to now really mapping this to the patient journey. And with Graticule's help, we're able to make better decision-making because we actually have the help that completes that journey and really answers the questions that all of us as researchers um, have been looking for for years. So I'll, I'll kick it off with that, Dan. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And I'd say, you know, we work directly with life sciences customers in their rare disease groups. And you know, they've been giving us all sorts of input into what are the hard things for them. I'd say among the, the big hard problems we're trying to solve with partnering with Watson Health is this patient identification problem. And, and maybe I'll give the, the problem real quick and we can talk together about some of the solutions, um, which is you know, if a patient does have a rare disease, they become a bit of a needle in a haystack, especially if they have uh, a, a long process before they get diagnosed. Because a lot of these rare diseases look just like a common disease. And the people they're going to see to get treated treat common diseases. So they get a diagnosis of a bad back when they have some kind of autoimmune disease, or they get a diagnosis of you know, a problem with their wrist when they have something that will eventually affect their heart. Um, and it's just really hard to come up with systems that can find those patients efficiently because if we can't, we can't run a clinical trial, or at least it becomes prohibitively expensive and slow. If we can't, we can't find the patients after drugs in the market, which means we have something that could help a group of people but for the fact we don't know who they are. Um, and so maybe we can talk a little bit, Julie, about areas where you see it's exciting for us to work together um, to start building the solutions where we can take the Watson Health data and services um, to build out solutions on this patient identification space. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love how you describe the fact that we have all these, and I know what you call and what we in the industry say is is the, the data to study gap. And what we're seeing is the that a couple of major things are happening. Um, when I was doing rare disease back in neuropathic pain and we were talking about complex regional pain syndrome, we were doing these small groups you know, of studies and it was all leading to neuropathic pain. And we did have you know, typical 
you know, first responders were saying, you know, they were having neuropathic type of ailments and we were mapping those, those ailments, but they weren't, they were just in one slice of data. And what you're describing is that if we take those data slices, that doesn't always meet all the radars for large pharma because it's more of your small size trials for rare diseases that are spurring the discovery. And what I'm hearing us do today, which is completely different, and thanks to the FDA also accepting real world evidence now to support drug um, approvals in the setting of oncology and rare diseases, that's a major breakthrough and we're seeing that. COVID or not, we're really making some really great um, entry points into those small size trials that you're talking about. So Dan, I think one area that we really, you know, the, the audience would need to hear about is how we as a partnership between Watson Health and Graticule are really solving some of those key crises between that data to study gap to solve some of the rare diseases and those research challenges because they are small um, and what we need to help with the future. And then we'll get into kind of the payer side and what we can do to help out on that. But let's start with the- Yeah, yeah. Say, one of the things that um, is fantastic about Watson Health is the market scan data set, which is pretty much the, the gold scan standard that health economists have been using for forever. And you know what it lacks often in rare disease is a couple things. You know, one, there are certain extended data sets that would be really, really helpful beyond claims data. Um, and sometimes we can expand out of market scan into Explorus to get to the HR data. Um, but in working together, we have a, a nice partnership to enable a couple things to extend beyond those two data sets. One, if we build a model, something that can predict someone might have rare disease if we were to do a definitive test like a biopsy or a blood test, we can push those models into health systems that Graticule is working with and work like a CRO to then bring it closer to the point of care, which is really why they're building out these patient identification solutions. They're, they're most useful when they're at the point of care. And so we're, we're, we're really enjoying the capacity to be able to take a big enough data set and a rich enough data set to see where the gaps are and then move it forwards through into the health system environments. And the other thing is we can start to link this data with other useful scale data sets that are outside of Explorers. And you know, there'll be more announcements to come, but there's already a, a, a rich set of partnerships that you know, given that we have a lot of expertise in what the problem is, we can already leverage within the Watson Health ecosystem to bring extended data in. So Watson Health has linkage to lab data that can be brought in. We can bring in extended data in radiology and pathology. Um, and these are areas I think no one's thought to really pursue until now. And so we're, we're able to invent these new capabilities off of linked data as well as extending data. Um, that, that the customers we're talking to in, in rare disease companies are getting really excited about. Well, not only excited, Dan, you're really answering what the synthetic control arm is bringing to market. Um, we in the industry have always, we didn't maybe title it as a synthetic control arm or an external control arm, but we know that there are areas, especially within rare diseases, where it's just not prudent or ethical to have a, a full trial or nor is there some, you know, there's the expense and the cost behind that. So replacing this with from having actual patients in the and using real world data to our advantage by the multi-source. And I think what you really raised was the key contributor to this is having a diverse data set. And you know, whether it's imaging, whether it's being able to mark where that disease is going and use those deep data sets by having a diversity is really where the future is in research. 
And we know that the payers in the marketplace that are listening are, are seeing a future that's going to increase. So they have to really start looking at as spend increases, health economic evidence increases, which is going to play a greater role in our partnership, because then that product evaluation process really that lands in rare diseases and the R orphan drug market requires us all to get really good evidence with the synthetic external control arms and start bringing that to market in a, in a really new way. And, you know, I know you've mentioned with burden of illness studies and things like that, that you've been personally working on, this really does drive down the cost and it helps with those treatment options so that pharma can actively manage new and many orphan disease calling, you know, types. So I really think this is a really innovative way to think about their new therapies as well. And, and, and it's a good point, which is that, you know, for the drug companies out there that are looking to bring a new product to launch, um, their drug works, but it, and it's probably gonna have a very high price point because these would be for small populations. Um, and they need help from, you know, the Watson health data, the right health economics arguments, but also, you know, a very rich approach and an open approach to how do we define burden of disease? So on the one hand, we have the strong traditional information that comes on healthcare utilization that comes out of things like market scan. On yep. the other hand, we want to know, you know, what is the patient's quality of life? Where are their impairments? You know, we can look inside of some of the data sets like HPM, which is a, you know, a, an absenteeism, presenteeism benefits data set within the Watson Health family that can give us this extended information about quality of life. Or we can link in data that comes from outside sources that can tell us about their quality of life. Um, and, and I think that's going to help these groups that are trying to make their dossiers for payers and their launch strategies and their communications off to providers to communicate effectively because they have enough information on the patients that are in small groups that they want to treat. Exactly. And then we're also taking um, that quality of life measurement and we are creating our own. I mean, inside Watson Health and, and Watson Health history, or history, I'm sorry, research, we are creating new historic landmarks in how we are like really bringing a sophisticated group to explain those quality of life measures. And then we're showing that it can be available to all, you know, all rare diseases because we can, we can use this in so many different efforts that are being taken. Because we know that we already have, we've already raised the awareness of what needs to be done. Um, with Graticule's help, we're also implementing. And then we're also looking into some genetic testing, genetic diagnostic tests, that are being used for rare and ultra rare diseases. And I know that you really do focus on, you know, a few rare diseases, but you know, it spans beyond that, but there's, there's really a correlation that I see growing between that quality of life and also the correlation with other types of clinical data that you've experimented with on identifying new target biomarkers and testing new panels for rare diseases. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk glad, a little bit I'm about glad that? You brought that up, like, yeah. you know, you know, obviously we're not going to make a ton of product roadmap commitments today. Right. Uh, you know, among the many things we do here from the rare disease companies is that if we can merge and match genetic testing data, which is now going on at, at enough scale to be beneficial to identifying rare disease patients, being able to identify, you know, so here, here's one of the problems. Okay. If you have a rare disease, it doesn't have an ICD-10 code. What you will find is you're in some big broad category and there's 12 different mutations, each of which are a different disease potentially because only some can be treated with a certain drug. And because it doesn't have an ICD-10 code, it's stuck in the market. 
But by bringing, say, the whole market scan data set or another data set into the play with you know, the definitive diagnosis that comes from genetic tests, which are now being done at scale from a small number of providers, we really can help a group to get to that critical mass to say, I can look at the thousand patients who have this disease that are in this data set and know exactly which version of the disease they have to be able to understand their drug and, and, and understand what the impact will be of treating it. Um, and you know, I think the higher level point of, of, of looking into this is we're hearing from customers the data they need and we're, we're trying to be as responsive as possible to figuring out how to get it done. And it's, it's just great to be working with your team at Watson Health because you know, you're not opposed to the innovation and the creativity. You're trying to do this you know, smarter health approach. Um, and it, and it's, it's gonna work because we're willing to battle the unsolved problems and, and get to what people need. Well, what you're getting to, here's what I hear you saying, is getting to our, our overall tagline, which is smarter health. And that's what Watson Health stands for, is enabling partnerships like you um, to be able to really, I, I don't really love the word reuse or repurpose, but that's what we're doing. We're scaling this properly so that the clients that you're speaking with join our, our fight, which is the sellers that I have on my team are answering those key challenges from our key clients. And they're identifying what insights and how to have faster breakthroughs and how to improve that experience, improve the experiences that people are having once they receive that medicine. And so really what I, what I also really enjoy about this partnership is the ability to repurpose and use this approach and technology to grow our relationships. We already have deep, deep relationships in pharma and CRO market and in health systems and also um, providers. So what we're able to do is really bring all this together so we can deploy the right solutions and we're leveraging at the right time. And what you're helping us do is really identify how those rare diseases in the broader populations that are you know, they're called rare, but we can make them more common in terms of an approach to solve. Um, and we're okay with bringing in some of those extreme cases because I think some of the smaller biotechs, Dan, you and I have talked about this, they don't get, the, they don't get noticed like earlier in the call. You know, we, we have to be able to make it easier for the, not only the drug approval, but also to get to the area where we can actually see those rare diseases take on and get to launch and get to be a part of the life cycle so it becomes a bigger marketplace. And, and it, it's a great point as well that, um, you know, rare disease is a strategy for a pharma often to get into a broader disease category. That's exactly so it. So if you want to figure out who's going to respond to a drug, you look for the people with the most extreme phenotype. And so maybe there's only a thousand of those people, but your drug's going to, ideally, if it's a good drug, will work very well in that population. Um, and, and by working with your team and the, the, the data and services we can get from Watson Health, that there's a pathway that, that we can offer to these groups that are you know, fighting through their first indication, whether it's a you know, small biotech or it's a large biotech with a rare disease strategy, um, but have the data to, to provide that pathway into more common disease. So if someone's treating I don't know, Perigo nodularis, it's an extremely rare, you know, extremely strong itch disease and we can identify all the things we need to get that drug into market. Itch is a huge broad market, right? There's you know dermatitis, there's atopic dermatitis, and you can walk across those various levels over the period of five or six years, and 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 we can give them the the planks as they're walking to 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 find the route with the the data and services we're putting together. But it it starts in a lot of these cases, and I think it's going to continue to start in these cases with rare disease, real world evidence. 
which is why we're so excited about focusing in this one seemingly narrow space. Well, uh, and I think, and I think, so we've covered the, the data to study gap, because I know that is one of our big callings that we really ask for to help create a market and, and really, you know, have a channel expansion in that area. Uh, what I hear back, in case you don't hear it all the time, Dan, is what we hear from working with the team at Graticule is the partnership is also additive to the other businesses that we have. So you're able to really pull in multiple different areas throughout our company to be able to find these, go deeper with the niche areas, but also the intent is to create a, a, a faster and scalable option for customers, for all of our customers. And I know that the sellers are saying that the pharma companies are responding. They're also saying the CRO is responding. So what I really like is that this is really all encompassing. We're able to meet the client where they're at, start with the population that they're dealing with, and then also bring it through this patient journey, help them with the patient identification, and really bring it all the way through, which is helping the entire health system. So it's, um, it's definitely one that I can tell you the, the sellers have had a positive response, and it really does put, you know, put a strong tile next to smarter health. And so I'll, maybe I'll just leave it with my vision and you can add a touch of some vision of yours, but I think, especially in this space, you know, for, for me, a success in, in this space comes down to, we can take all of the piles of data, the piles of technology for doing machine learning and artificial intelligence and buzzword galore, and we can turn it into something that really helps people at the other end, where at the point of care, five years from now, there's multitude of tools that are being used that are you know, the equivalent of the simple alerts that they have for making sure someone with a high A1C gets their you know, diabetes treatment and counseling. But now it's directed at some population level to people who are gonna benefit because we're finding the folks with the rare disease, we're finding the fast progressors and we're impacting them by translating tools across from these big data sets into each health system that's willing to adopt them. So I'm hoping we can get there where we're still, I think, close to the starting line, <laughs> right? We've moved off. Yeah, I think we're a little past that but, because we've gone yeah, past. We're, yeah, we've, we're gonna we've, get there. People to come yeah. along with us the journey um, and have, have faith that we're gonna to cover all of those gaps as we go. Um, but I'm not sure what you're, you're hoping is gonna be the long-term outcome. So I'd love to hear. Well, mine is always the rapid innovation is what are we doing that's making a mark today um, following it through the journey that the way that you just described. I don't need to repeat that. That was perfect. And then also to apply different areas of the insights that we have on an analytical workbench, um, on some of the data exchanges that we are involved in. So I feel like we can really pull in a, a wide variety of our services that can, can really bring this together. Um, the key is really unifying, re, unifying not only the forces that are out there to help us, but it's, it's, it's teams like you that are gonna help in this collaboration where rare diseases is one of the toughest. So if we can handle one of the toughest, then can you imagine what we can do when we get into the larger data sets where we don't have to be as sticky with the, the deepness of the data and the richness of the data, but we could also analyze that and, and scale that. So I feel like we, we're definitely past the starting line, uh, but I, I'm glad that you're, you're staying humble about our approach. Um, but I... I I know that that's exactly where we have to start. And we are, you know, what's really nice too is we get to focus on multiple areas of the, of the ecosystem. So you mentioned small biotechs. It might be their first expansion. We know how to do that. 
Um, we could be a part of the mid-market, which are kind of small, medium business biotechs and pharmas. And we can also help the large pharma customers and the CROs that are looking for specific sponsors that need things across the board. And this really does give us that ability to, to really take care of multi-market. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking, Julie. Um, I think I'll, I'll leave it with a you know, call to action. If anyone's interested in, in some of the things we're doing, we're, we're happy to run workshops. That's one of the things that we bring as, as Gratitude work with Watson is that we can open up some expertise for groups that, that wanna pursue one or more problems within their group. Um, I think to connect with us, the easiest thing would be to go to our website, uh, www.gratitude.life and just go to our contact form. Obviously, if you're seeing this podcast, you probably can find us already, but you know, we're, we're hoping you enjoyed this. Um, and hoping that we get to hear from you sometime soon. And, and thanks again, Julie. Thanks, Dan. It's been great. We, we expect great success and we've already seen it. So thanks much. All right, bye.